Hola there, dead and lovely listeners. It's a brand new Minnesota extravaganza here with your regular host with the most, me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And I'm joined by my slightly irregular, just the way I like them, co-host, it's my wife. It's Tante Kate. And we are also joined by our little dog, Darla, who, you know how dogs are. They love to just get on your lap and then get from your lap onto the table and lay down on a little towel on the table. That way they can be with you, right? That's what dogs do. To be fair, after she laid down, you popped up and said, I'm going to get her a towel because well, that's to be what she likes. I know what she likes. She needs to be comfortable. She wants to lay down on a little towel if she's laying down on the table or on the counter like a fucking cat like she does. So if you guys hear the pitter-patter of little paws or maybe uh, a rustling of a dog jumping off a table, that's exactly what it is. We're not recording on the floor. The dog is on the table with us. dog is on the table. It's just we what are she not a hygienic do. household. No, not really. Not really. But at least our pet doesn't, you know, dig around in a shitbox and then jump up on the counters. That would be gross. That's true. Yeah. It just walks on city streets and then, you know, steps on our counters and dish towels and stuff like that. Maybe it's a little better. You are the one that laid down the dish towel. She needs it for her comfort. Well, anyway, the three of us are here today to be talking about Talk To Me, what is an Australian horror film, what we just seen down at Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to give you guys a spoiler-free instant reaction to this flick that we just saw a few hours ago, and then we're going to give you guys a little bit more spoilery um, opinions and stuff about this flick. And I got to tell you what, I wasn't really sure what to expect out of this flick. Uh, judging by the trailer, I thought that it kind of looked like, I don't know, just any other Blumhouse kind of movie. It looked like a bunch of kids playing some crazy wackadoo party game where, oh no, they invoke an evil spirit or whatever. Like that sounds like any fucking Blumhouse movie, right? I seriously thought it was going to be bad. I thought, I mean, I, th- I thought it was going to be like Ouija. Or Ouija. What was that movie called? Luigi, Origin of Evil. Right. So I thought it was going to be really bad. And then we sit down in the seats and it's like, oh, this is Australian as fuck. So yeah, as soon as we saw like the Made in Australia and like that opening scene and I leaned over and I said, man, if I had known this was a foreign film, I would have been way more excited. <laughs> a foreign film. A foreign English speaking film. It's still a foreign film. Yeah, you know, it's not American. It is definitely not American. I will say as a slight complaint. I was definitely wanting some subtitles. It is <laughs> I Aussie as fuck. <laughs> there was several times where I was having a really hard time understanding uh, the dialogue. Go figure. Guy sitting here with fucking perfect pitch. Uh, I can hear a damn chair fall over and tell you what note it is. But I can't really understand any fucking accent on English. It's terrible. So there's definitely some dense Aussie accents in this. Um I would recommend watching with a subtitle if you can. Of course, if you're in theaters, it's not really an option. But, you know, it's not like there, a super... There are screenings that have subtitles. There, there are. And, and thankfully, it's not like an ultra dialogue-heavy movie. Like, I don't feel like I really missed, like, crucial, like, wait, what the fuck? What are we talking about? And you'd be like, they talked about this two scenes ago. Like, there wasn't mega important stuff that I missed, but I did have a little bit of a hard time. But this movie, to me, is all based on vibe. Like, it's a very vibey, introspective kind of movie. Do you like it for the aesthetic? 
I, it's very aesthetic. It's a very aesthetic movie. It's based, you know, fam. Side note, I absolutely have zero tolerance for people who use the word aesthetic in that way. The kids these days. It's aesthetic. It's visual style. Yeah. It's a very visual-based movie. There are a few jump scares, but I didn't mind them because they didn't overplay them. I thought that all the all the scares and stuff were well-placed, and it had some stuff in there that was creeping me out pretty fucking hardcore. It had some legit creepy scenes. I mean, very. there was there was one particular scene where both you and I like l- kind of crawled up the movie He's seat like, and uh, went, nope, nope, no, nope, none of that, nope, none no. of that. I wasn't expecting to be scared by this. I was not either. It was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it definitely it, did creep It's, it's me got out. a lot of really good creepy vibes. Um, without being spoilery, what would you say are some themes that we have in this movie? Like, I would say that it kind of deals a lot with grief, grief, but also like I, I think teenagers' feelings of invincibility, of you know being immortal. Where well, I was going to say isolation. Teenagers' feelings of that. isolation. Yeah, there, there's plenty of that where it's like there will be teens in a group or sitting, you know, side by side, but just staring into their phones and being completely isolated. It does have a pretty depressing kind of isolated element to it in that way. But definitely also a lot of themes of, of yeah, grief in there. A little bit A24 core in that way, I suppose. A24, they love to spook you while also just wrangling a tear at your ass. I think it's all handled really well. I liked the commentary on everybody living through their cell phone. Mm-hmm. Of just Which I, I can tell you, like I'm highly guilty of. Like I... I constantly want to record things to keep them from my memory, but it it also works as a nice way to like put distance. Like I can look at things objectively if I'm looking at it through a lens. I liked their commentary on everybody using a phone for what would be scary things and there's turning them funny because you're looking at it through a screen. Yeah, I think they definitely explore kind of the disconnect that, that I'm sure a lot of young people are having where they're experiencing things through the lens of their phone instead of actually experiencing them and being there firsthand and realizing how, I don't know, fucked up or how scary or whatever these things could be, I suppose. Again, this is fucking old people talk for sure. And I definitely found myself (laughs) several fucking times in this movie, you know, hearing... um, When Eowyn... Eowyn, mom Eowyn in here, who I think of as Ozzy Laura Lenny. Um, Fuck, I can't remember that actress's name, but she's fantastic. Yeah, check it out on the IMBD on there. Find it. But there were several times in here where she was talking to... Miranda Otto. Miranda Otto. She was talking to the kids, and I was like, God damn it, that's exactly how I would talk to these kids. Fuck! When did I start relating to the parents more in movies than the kids? Fuck! I'm a young man. I'm only 39. (laughs) When you start thinking Kevin McAllister's a little shithead, that's That's when when you got too old. He's been a shithead to me for years now, so... That's definitely a problem. I really dug this movie. It is only like 90 minutes long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't do a bunch of like shitty, you know, twitchy CGI jump scary. Again, Blumhouse kind of bullshit in there. Yeah, it was pretty like standard special effects, like physical. Yeah. Like they looked really good too. Like it was all subtle. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in this movie that is new. But it's all very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the makeup and stuff, I think it was all very good, too. Uh, soundtrack was dope. Camera angles, like camera shots and stuff like that, cinematography, I thought were well-suited for the movie. There wasn't exactly anything that was 
like revolutionary. I was like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. But it also didn't need to have anything like that to me. It probably affected us a little bit more since we just got finished watching John Wick 4. Yeah, which is bananas. And we watched that one scene three times. Like I just kept so rewinding cool. it to go watch that. The, the overhead scene. But yeah, I don't think this movie would have like benefited from some crazy, inventive, bizarre camera shit going on. I think that everything that we saw in the movie was well suited for, for what it was. Um, and there were still some good shots. I mean, most of it was pretty standard shot again, but well done standard shots. And there were like about five or six like very creative shots yeah. that were not so creative that they pull you out of it to be like, what the fuck are they doing with this camera? Mm-hmm. But although there was there was one section where it switched to like handheld for whatever reason. Oh, I didn't even notice that. There's just this one scene and I think it was supposed to meant to show like a bit of chaos and it's one of those like cramped scenes but for the most part like all of the like avant-garde in quotation marks stuff they did was still fairly standard and very well done it looked really cool yeah i think like so. the, the final shot looks awesome oh my god so fucking cool dude this is a movie that uh, i gotta say like i kind of figured within the first 10 or 15 minutes of it i was like okay i know exactly how this is gonna go this is just an aussie take on typical american horror tropes that we see in mainstream horror movies and stuff i thought that i had this movie pegged and then Mm -hmm. as you keep going with it it gets more introspective it gets more personal and then that the ending is fucking rad no spoilers i'm not gonna spoil it for you but the ending really really sealed the deal for me that's what made this movie like oh shit this is a pretty fucking sick flick to me ending is awesome that's probably all we could say I think so. Yeah, spoiler free. Like I don't, I don't want to ruin it for me. Like I no, mean, it's, you want to watch there's, this. There's nothing like super spoilery, but just go fucking enjoy a movie that you don't know anything about. It's an it's original. It's written by new people. It's got a whole bunch of new actors in it. Go go support new creative filmmaking. Also support A24 because they're the only company that SAG-AFTRA has approved yeah, for. That too. Uh, production right now because they met all of the SAG after demand. So congratulations to A24. Good Go for them. support them. Yeah, good for you guys for doing the right fucking thing. I wish everybody else would follow suit. So yeah, definitely go and support this flick and support A24 uh, and their efforts to make things right for our writers and actors out there. And new creatives. And new creatives, man. I mean, it's this, not this a sequel. Full of them. It's not a prequel. It's not a requel. It's not a established franchise. Uh, yeah, definitely support this kind of thing. I like the flick a lot. I, I honestly can't really think of any major complaints I had other than accents are very thick. That's more of a me problem <laughs> than a this movie problem. It's like it's like me saying, like, don't be from Australia. I can't hear you good. The, the, the white cishet male, American male is like... It's my world. Can't, can't hear him. It's my world. Couldn't understand what they were saying. Keep up with me. Uh, so other than you know me not being able to understand some of the dialogue, I don't I don't really have a lot of complaints. Some great acting, some really cool creative stuff. Brief, well paced. There were a couple of scenes that I think could have been edited by like thirty seconds to ninety seconds. Yeah, minor stuff but maybe. Like real like quibbles, like yeah, yeah. really small quibbles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So definitely go and check that one out. We're gonna give you guys some spoilery stuff here, so. Listen to Beware, you're in for a scare. We're going to start getting down to the nitty-gritty of this flick and breaking it down and spalling it. 
like some old milk, like some old nasty eggnog that gave me food poisoning on Christmas Eve Eve a couple of years back. That was a bad time for you, boy. It was a low point. <laughs> it's going to be that spoiled. I slept on a dog bed in the bathroom. <laughs> we had the sweetest photo. Was it sweet? Was it? <laughs> it was pitiful. Oh, worst festivus ever right there. So it's going to get that spolt for you guys. Uh, this movie, you know, like the entire premise where it's like there's this party game where you hold this hand and you say, talk to me, and you talk to a dead spirit or whatever. Like you said, it, it does seem very much just like a, a, a Ouija kind of movie to me. It seems like one of those flicks where it's like, oh, it's light as a feather, stiff as a board. It's some creepy party game that gets out of hand. Ooh, spooky. The teenagers are in for it this time. Like, that's not something that really appeals to me or scares me or anything. So going into it, I had kind of low expectations as far as what this movie was going to do to me. So when it actually started getting kind of freaky and kind of scary, I was really surprised. This is one that the trailer does not really show you what the movie is going to be. Thank God it did not spoil all the cool stuff that's in this flick. It looked so typical that I was just like, the the only reason I was going to see it was because Central Cinema was showing it, and I trust them so much. And it was short. And, yeah, the 90-minute mark helped. I think it's like 93, 94 minutes. Yeah, it says the people who have been putting off watching John Wick 4 because it's long that are putting off watching Oppenheimer because it's like three hours long. It's like, man, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> Hour and a half, though? All right. You yeah, can I can, I can manage that. I can work with that right there. <laughs> yeah, man, this had some stuff in there that was really fucking creepy. I mean, I guess there are a few kind of tropey things like whenever, you know, the, the the kids like hold the hand and say I let you in to the spirit and their head cocks back and their eyes go dark. Like that's kind of typical possessiony kind of stuff that that doesn't really creep me out. I think these are kind of overdone tropes that we have every time, you know, somebody's being possessed. But then stuff gets pretty fucking weird. The choking the two people who choked, like that got creepy. That was, yeah, yeah. Like that was even kinda, that kinda riff on the possession, like that was creepy. But before we even get into the the nitpicky horror stuff, I really like the way they established these characters. Like they yeah. did it, they did it in a really clever, concise way mm-hmm. of being like, here's where everybody's at, here's everybody's relationship, here's everybody's kind of mood, and like the bonds between all of them and like what kind of relationships they have together. They did that really, really well for the short amount of time they had. Yeah. And and these kids in this movie are not like the bodies, bodies, bodies crowd. Like these are totally normal average Australian teenagers. Yeah. Nothing, you know, rich and fucking uh, bougie about them. They just seem like normal kids. And yeah, the, the exposition I think is delivered really naturally where you find out it's like, Oh, today's the, anniversary of my mom's death let's go to this party you know help me get my mind off of it or whatever that kind of theme that you know her mom has passed away our main character's mom has passed away is a theme that runs through the movie and later on becomes very important whenever our main chick is playing the game and wants to talk to somebody and it is a spirit of her mom or maybe not or maybe it was at first and then she got pushed aside there's some ambiguities to this that I really, really dig. And she's like so lonely and so desperate with her mom who, you know, seems to have accidentally killed herself 
by taking too many sleeping pills. It's kind of vague. All the stuff with like the fact that like, yeah, they found her and her like fingernails were all clawed up and shit on the door. Like there's some mystery about how the mom died that I think I might gain more details on the second time that I watch it. I, I took it to mean her mom really did kill herself. And the fingernails under the door, we don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. I, I like that it's not super ultra spelled out. Because um, initially, it's like, I was quite sure she was contacting your mom. And I was like, man, this is really fucking dark and really sad that this teenager is actually getting to contact her mom from beyond the grave. But then... I wasn't certain until about maybe halfway through the movie when the mom like says or does something that's like no uh, that doesn't seem right and then the dad brings out the suicide note and it's like the dad has no idea any of this is going on he's got no reason to like lie to her to try to convince her otherwise Mm -hmm. like he's completely in the dark about what's going on with her and you find out kind of early on whenever they're playing the game that's like, oh, yeah, you know, once you invite these spirits in you, they know everything about you and they can deceive you and they can fool you. Like, that's just something that's kind of casually mentioned, but not really ultra played up. No, it's seriously just like one sentence as yeah. a conversation between two people. Yeah. But then when you think about it, it's like, oh, well, you know, one of these spirits could have gotten inside our main character and been like, oh, she misses her mom. This is what her mom looked like. I can manipulate her if I take the form of that thing. And it's really only towards the very end of the movie. And it even took you pointing it out to me whenever the quote unquote mom spirit is like, oh, yeah, you know, let me take Riley. We'll have him forever now that you realize like, oh, shit, it's not her. That's not her. And that's that, when that's how she realized it too. Yeah, dude, and she's about to like roll Riley into the interstate to let him die to help him and then she I guess realizes that and throws herself into traffic instead. Yeah, it looked like she cuz he was on the ground, so it looked like maybe she threw the chair. Yeah. down and then she jumped onto the highway. That scene where it is so like sudden and chaotic and there's like the POV shot of a car that I guess it's hits all her. cheaply done, but it's yeah. done so well it makes it better it and more suspenseful. Awesome. Dude, and that that scene there, and it's at the very end of the fucking movie. Just her walking. Her walking. That's so wonderful. And it's quiet, and then she's like in the hospital, and she's all banged up, and the lights are shutting off around her, and then she sees her dad get in that elevator, who she accidentally just fucking killed in the scene before that. Holy shit. Yeah. And then she sees like that light, and it zooms in on the light, and then the next thing you know, she is being summoned by some fucking Greek guys that are playing the game. Mm-hmm. They've that, got the hand. That is such a fucking sick ending. Oh, my God. It got to that, and it's like... It showed the Greek dudes, and then it's like, I let you in, or whatever. Yeah. And she's sitting there holding the hand. Holy shit. Yeah, you get to see it from the ghost perspective. It's really cool. Fucking awesome. Also, how awesome would sequels be if instead of following this family or this group of friends around with the hand, or even following her around as a ghost, if it's just you follow the hand around, you could have a hundred sequels totally because you just you just need this prop and then the prop goes around the world mm-hmm. it's like the ring it's like the tape in the ring it's like just tell stories about people getting a fucking tape that's all you need to know did they i, I never saw the sequel to the ring i never did either actually 
<laughs> Never did. I don't know why. Heard it wasn't very good. But yeah, I, I love the ending in this. And there's like a brief moment in here, and it's just honestly maybe five or ten seconds, where she gets a vision of where Riley is in this kind of nether dimension. It's almost God, that purgatory-like. looks so cool. And he's just being pulled in a bunch of directions by all these like nasty corpse people. And It's almost fuck. like if... um. The orgy and eyes wide shut was being held in the second Hellraiser. Yeah, it's fucking weird and so dark. And it's like, you can't really tell what's going on, but it's, it is nightmarish. It's fucking scary. I will watch this movie again just so I can watch that scene and be prepared for it. It's crazy. Because you're so shocked. And like, I know there was cool stuff. I mean, like, there was really cool makeup. Like, they were doing good things with the lighting, but like, it was so jarring. From what had been happening. It almost kind of reminded me of that scene in Event Horizon where they get the hell vision and it's just all this crazy fucked up shit and these little short flashes and you're just trying to piece together what the fuck is going on. It's kind of like that. I'm going to be thinking about this in for a while. It was really good. I don't have a ton of complaints, honestly. No, I don't either. Uh, like, Really, I can't think of much anything that I would change or complain about. Uh, the actors... Again, they did all great. unknowns and stuff as far as yeah, unknown to me anyway. I'd never seen any of these people other than fucking Eowyn. The main actress, it's like her I don't think it's her feature film debut, but it's like I think it's her first starring role, maybe. Mm. And then it's definitely the two brothers who wrote and directed it. It's their debut film. I mean, this is a great starting film. Hell yes, geez. I definitely look forward to anything else these dudes will put out. Uh, I will definitely be interested because this is a hell of an opening statement for sure. Based on trailer alone, I would have said this is probably going to be a three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. That scene where she sees her mom in front of her, but it's just it's just her face, dead center in the middle of the camera, but it's like out of focus. And you're it's all weirdly blurry. Yeah, and you're just kind of like waiting for it to jump at the camera or for it to snap into focus and she'd be all go- grotesque and stuff. But it just kind of sits there on the out of focus dead person face in the middle of the fucking camera. Like these guys really, really know how to do some effective spooky ass shit without it being loud noises and twitchy fast motion shit. Like if this was like an American movie, yeah, it would be full of the choppy frame jerky. I'm possessed movement and people with heads spinning around and drooling black blood and all kinds of other fucking bullshit. Like they kept this all feeling pretty natural and pretty, organic to me aesthetically and it just made it all the more real i really liked how slow may not be the right word because a lot of stuff happens in the short time frame we have but they linger yeah on things and that makes it creepier i would say for fans of you know a24 stuff i think if you if you go into this expecting an a24 horror movie you're probably going to dig it if you like the vibe of a lot of those flicks you'll probably enjoy this one um, maybe if you do have a toe in those Blum, Blumhouse waters and you want to just taste something maybe a little bit deeper with a little bit more emotional gravity behind it, maybe you try this one out. I don't think it's like inaccessible. Like I watch a movie like oh, yeah. Hereditary or whatever and I'm like, this is definitely not going to be for everybody. This no, I think this is more accessible. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, like the best thing I can say about those Blumhouse movies are maybe it just gets people into horror and then you Gateway can watch... Movies. You watch better movies now. Totally, <laughs> dude. This is one of them. Like this is this is a this is a toddler sink step into like better horror movies. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely dug it. So hopefully you guys enjoy it too. Definitely rush out to a theater and buy yourself a ticket, a popcorn, and a sarsaparilla and check out Talk To Me. I think that you guys are going to dig it. Let me know what you guys think about this flick over on our Facebook group, our Instagram page, and all of our other social medias. You guys can find that on our Linktree page. Just look up Dead and Lovely Linktree, and I'm sure that you're going to find it. Also give you a link to our Patreon page where you can support the show and give us dollar papers and get a movie thrown into the smoking bowl where we just might draw it out of the smoking bowl and it might be your movie covered on the next episode of Dead and Lovely. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Uncle Ben. And I'm Tante Kate. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.